0: actors sometimes don't realize how powerful the human voice is in terms of a performance and they're focusing so much on how they look and Mm -hmm. do i have the right haircut do i have the right outfit do i have the right makeup and all this and yet they get in there and they blow the audition because vocally they don't they haven't connected emotionally with the role
1: Welcome to Audio Branding, the hidden gem of marketing. I'm your host, Jody Krangle, and this podcast will discuss just how sound influences our behavior. I generally talk about this in the context of advertising and marketing, but there are other places this is important too. I really feel that it plays a much more important role in our lives than maybe we realize. So let's delve a little deeper. This is the second part of my interview with Jeff Howell. When you're listening yeah. to auditions now, or mm-hmm. when you feel ad agencies are listening to auditions mm-hmm. now, and the quality of the studio environment is wildly different from one to the next audition, so yeah. how do they make their decision then? Are they actually listening to what the, uh, what the actor's trying to do and how well they've connected with the script, or are they completely lost by the quality of the recording?
0: Well, I think the answer to that is it depends on how bad it actually sounds because okay, yeah. let's say for example if if you are recording in an environment that isn't ideal but you're clear mm-hmm. uh, and and your acting's ex- exceptionally good then I don't think it's going to work against you if it doesn't sound like you're in some sort of iso booth sure. however if you like cuz on the other side if you're in an isolation booth but you're a terrible actor you're not going to book the job
1: <laughs> that's true too uh, yes <laughs> but
0: but if you are let's say for example recording and you're you're recording on your phone for example and your phone is away from your face it's not right up to your mouth and and there's just a lot of ambient noise going on it's it could potentially uh, play against you, even if your acting is good, because mm-hmm. all things being equal, let's say there are five actors that sound that are great actors, but there's one that the sound quality is just a bit better and they're able to hear it better. That's going to probably influence their decision making process just a bit more. Sure. Um, I'd say the, the most important thing is make sure your volume, it, the the level, is consistent. Because I think that's the biggest complaint I have is that I'll I'll get a whole line of auditions. Uh, let's say I'll be listening to 20 and everyone I'll hear a bunch that are just sounding very present and all of a sudden I'll hear one and it's really soft mm-hmm. and it's harder to hear. That does affect my decision making process a bit more because if it's really hard to hear and I'll crank up my volume but then it gets hissy and you know, it just doesn't sound right. Sure. That I think that it's the responsibility of the actors to make sure that whatever they're sending out is of a, at least has a certain level of quality where it's not distracting, you sure. know?
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so taking this a little full circle, because we were talking mm-hmm. about global, I, I wanted to ask you about the dubbing, because when you work with Netflix, I'm assuming that they're dubbing these productions of theirs so that anyone around the world can use or, or can uh, yes. access that, that mm-hmm. show. Um, how is that working now, and... Um, you know, because obviously, again, this is coming into the whole technology thing. You know, we're having to all work from home. So is is dubbing still working out well right now? Or, or you know, can you talk to how it worked previously and how it's working now?
0: Okay, well, there's a lot in there that you just asked me. <laughs> yeah, so know, anyway, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll start by saying that uh, we're experiencing a very interesting time right now with the dubbing world because, yeah. uh, you know... The streaming services are looking for content. Mm -hmm. And Netflix uh, realized, and smartly so, that it's, uh, you know, they can have an original feature or an episodic created in a different part of the world, and then they can just farm that out to various offices around the world and have them localized, dubbed, into that particular language. And then now they didn't have to spend the money on... An original production in that particular market, they could just have it dubbed and play it in that market, and it's quite a bit cheaper. You know, Mm -hmm. it's cheaper to dub than it is to create a a whole new show, Um, and so that's a very smart model.
1: Sure, and it means they have a ton of content now that they can, you know, sell sell out to a whole Mm -hmm. bunch of people in everywhere.
0: Exactly. And, and we're all
1: watching a lot of Netflix right now.
0: <laughs> right, exactly. And this is a great time to be yeah. uh, in the streaming services because people are trapped at home looking for programming. Totally. Um, so anyway, but the thing is this, its it, the dubbing world, you know, listen, dubbing has always had a bad rap. And I think it's because it was done poorly um, many, many years ago. It was just a matter of just trying to just get something, slap a voice on there and air it. Mm-hmm. And But what Netflix has realized is that Uh, people are receiving programming differently these days. Uh, You know, the general public, we're distracted by many things. And so, for example, if you're... Let's say you can watch many, many films and episodics with subtitles, but the minute you look away from the screen, you miss what's being said. Yeah, very true. Because we don't realize how much we get from even when we're not watching the screen because we can still hear and understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. So when... You are distracted, whether it's uh, by another device that's around you, whether you're looking at a phone, or you're getting text by something, someone while you're watching something. Uh-huh. Um, if you are listening to something that's been dubbed, you're still getting that information, so you're still able to enjoy that experience. Also, I was telling someone the other day, a lot of people watch Netflix on their phones or on small iPads, so wow. reading subtitles might be a lot harder than if you're reading it off of a big screen and you're off your television. So Netflix realized that there's definitely a need for this. And I think also uh, they were willing to throw some real money and support in the creative and so now they hire teams these dubbing companies to hire uh adapters that take the scripts and 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 create um uh adaptations that work culturally and visually because we match the lip flap with the Uh words that are said on the screen so the adapter really spends time trying to do that and then they hire voice directors to do the casting and direct and so that's where i come in and and I'll cast them and, and and we hire the actors. They come in and they're reading off of a cue on the screen. It's not the three pop anymore as much. I mean, they are st- there's still some people, some companies are still doing that, but for the most part it's the uh, we call it voice cue. It's a cueing system that goes across the rhythm of band across the screen. And you read the line as it's being delivered by the actor on screen, and then we time it up so that it line it up so that it works as best as we possibly can. Uh-huh. It's not a perfect science and we just I personally, when I tell people to watch certain shows that I've worked on, I just go, listen, if you start watching and in, in, in you're trying to watch for the dubbing, it's almost like we screwed up. If you can see that it's been dubbed, you yeah. accept it's a dub. But you mm-hmm. listen for the performance, and if we get it close, whereas with it starts on time and and ends on time, then you kind of forgive the lip flap issues a little bit because you're involved in the story in, mm-hmm. in the performance. So we really focus on story and performance. And and I know when I met with voice with um, Netflix early on, they said they really uh, wanted to focus on good casting and good directing, good performances. It's not just people just replacing the words; they're actually acting the words yeah and so it's a it's a whole new world and it's uh and i've and i've had a huge outreach in terms of trying to find talent because i've i've dipped into the theatrical community a lot more for these because Mm -hmm. it's really about the voice acting and of course i use a lot of the voice actors i've worked with because i love their work and they're great actors you know but i've also gone outside a little bit of the voice community when i need something really specific Mm -hmm. um and and there's some wonderful voice actors out there and i'm been introduced to a lot of dubbing actors out there that are just incredible
1: so specific as in like what kind of specific i'm i'm curious
0: (laughs) they uh sometimes it's a matter of it could be uh, a voice because we get try to get close to the original voice print of the original actor we sure. try our best to do that, mm-hmm. um, and so oftentimes, especially when the ages are a little bit more extreme, because as you can imagine, um, in a lot of the features, there are the old grizzly men or older old women, and and so you don't want to necessarily hire an actress who or an actor that that they say I can do older people. Well, yeah. Yeah. no, what Netflix wants us to hire. Older people. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they ha- if they're elderly, we try to hire an elderly person who is still active as an actor or an actress who can come in and read off the screen and deliver a a, a dynamic performance. Um, and and so usually it's a age issue more than anything else when I'm trying to find something specific, an age or a sound or a combination of both. I did a uh, a, a feature. Uh, a uh, a dutch feature called a fortunate man and it's a mm-hmm. wonderful wonderful film and i love the casting in it too of course because i did it but anyway <laughs> but i needed uh, a couple of the older men had to really have this whistle in their voices and but they were older and all that so i i, I looked outside of the um, voiceover area a little bit to try to find these theatrical actors that are mm. out there that are still wonderful and, and have and because they're still actively working and all that so anyway it, it's just sometimes there's very specific things i know that right now now I'm currently in a production and I, I'm uh, having to find um, some Russian speaking actors because there is an actual portion that is in Russian that will be, they call it the force narrative, which is the, um, they'll put a subtitle under that portion of it. Okay, but it fits yeah. in the story that they have to speak Russian. So sometimes I am looking for people that speak other languages.
1: So mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. And so yeah. what's
1: happening now, now that we can't be in actual studios, are you, you're still working on this stuff, mm-hmm. obviously, so.
0: <laughs> I am, I'm, I'm prepping, I'm in the middle of a job right now that uh, I, before the virus, I had recorded a week and a half, mm-hmm. and then when the virus hit, we all had to isolate, so the production has been stalled. Um, but I've been in the middle of prepping and casting so that once we get back into it, now I'm, in fact, I'm done with casting and prepping it. It's just now I'm just waiting until when we are able to go back in the studio and we'll pick it right back up. And, mm-hmm. and then I'll just be cooking, you know, for about three weeks or four weeks with solid recording. Uh. I did see on social media yesterday that an actor friend of mine said that they recorded, uh, they did a dub session from home Mm -hmm. and, and he said it worked out fine, but that was because they did the three pop and they were able to feed that to him. And, and, and it was also anime, which is a little different in terms of dubbing than, than a feature live action. Uh, For the type of dubbing that I do with the Rhythmoband, it's more Mm -hmm. of a visual cueing system. That would be a little bit more technical because the actor would have to receive the video and to see the Rhythmoband going across his screen, which would mean that we would have to somehow beam that to him. It's possible. I spoke to some engineers about it. It is Mm -hmm. possible. But I think that there's a bit of a learning curve on on our side and the actor's side in terms of setting that all up. And I don't think, as far as I know, I don't think the actors are really prepared for that yet. But if this goes on too long, I have a feeling that once we are able to get back out there, I have a feeling that what's going to happen is that the Dublin companies are going to come up with a contingency plan so that if we have to isolate again, let's say if there's, God forbid, a viral resurgence in the fall or the mm-hmm. winter, as they're saying, it could be and we have to isolate again, I think that we'll be better prepared to be able to work from our individual homes in this sort of manner.
1: Sure. I understand yeah. that Source Connect, even though there's a bit of a delay, I believe, mm-hmm. Source Connect Pro allows you to work with the video. So mm-hmm. if the talent also had Source Connect Pro on their end and they were able to receive the video, mm-hmm. it might work. It's just a matter of what the latency would be.
0: Yeah. And I think that, you know, of course, we can account for that in terms of editorials to mm-hmm. account for any kind of lag or latency. But the problem is, is that because dubbing, part of dubbing is trying to be very exacting with the uh, timing of the language with the visual Yeah. that I think it's going to be a little bit harder to do than just a regular TV spot or, you know, some sort of video industrial or animation sure. because it, it, dubbing is very technical. People don't realize, and ex- especially sometimes when I have actors in that have never done it before mm-hmm. and once we do it a couple of, they, they, they are impressed and amazed at how technical it actually is in terms of the combination of the analysis of, of the performance, but also the lip flap. And it's a matter of sometimes. We'll, I'll, we will already have a full adaptation and thinking that it's great, and then the actor will come in. They'll do a couple of takes, and then we realize we need to juggle some of the words within the sentence around to make it line up with the lip flap a bit better. And I think that that might be harder, uh, but not impossible to do remotely um but also from a directorial standpoint i you know dubbing is so theatrical based mm-hmm. that not a, and again it's not impossible to get the performance from a, in a remote situation from an actor but i do think there's something about that one on one when directing an actor to really give the 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 necessary emotional performance and interpretation uh in the session i think that it's that one on one that i would really miss and feel a little bit, it would just be an odd experience. It'd be like directing theater, me being a stage director, and directing remotely, but still having a visual of the the stage, and just beaming it into the actor, saying, okay, I want you to do that again. I think it'd be just harder, there's an emotional connection, that I have with my talent, when I'm directing, that would be missed, and it would be a a bit harder, I think, uh, to really connect with them, and for them to connect with me, and to have that experience. So, but like I said, not impossible. And I guarantee you with this crisis that I think that we're all gonna be seeing our business done differently from this point forward.
1: Yeah, definitely. I guess the dubbing is more like patting your head and rubbing your belly at the same time already yeah. <laughs> and so absolutely. with the, with the distance it might be even mm. harder to get that accomplished yeah Interesting. absolutely yeah. yeah when when you're doing these kinds of productions and you're trying to match the vocal tones and 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 things that are happening on the, the original version um, it, it sounds like that's really important so uh, so matching up the vocal types, So that someone listening or experiencing that production is experiencing it as close to the original as they possibly can, I guess. It sounds like that's really important.
0: (laughs) Exactly. You know, my feeling is that, and I've spoken to uh, Netflix about this, I don't want to go in and presume that I'm going to um, sort of override the original director's or actor's intent. Mm -hmm. My goal is to. Uh, try to be as authentic as possible, and to sort of celebrate and respect the original creative choices mm-hmm. of the production, and and just try to adapt it and cast it and and uh, direct it to sort of maintain that consistency. That being said, I will say the compliment that I've fortunately been given by Netflix a number of times is that they've said that after watching a film that I had directed, that they couldn't imagine the original actor's voice anymore with that performance. They more associated with the performance that I was able, the casting and the performance that I was able to provide for them for the dub. Uh And, And I think the reason for that is the fact that, you know, when you really think about it, for the most part when actors are cast in a feature film or TV show, they're cast for their overall, number one, their performance, and number two, their look. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes actors look one way and sound differently.
1: Very true, So what
0: I do is when I'm watching, when I'm doing a casting breakdown for myself in terms of analyzing the cast for the film or the project, and let's say for the example, Specifically, it was a film that I did where the girl was sort sort of tragic. She was this actress who actually had to uh, Become a prostitute to survive and she was a smoker and a drinker, but she was very sweet But there was still a little bit of tortured uh, a tortured quality about her Well, the original person they cast she looked the part she was kind of bleach blonde and
1: uh-huh. a little
0: hefty and she you know was um, Certainly uh, carried herself in such a way that you she fit that character perfectly, but her voice was a little thin and so I mm-hmm. I ended up casting a girl who had a lot more texture and a little bit more uh, sort of a distressed voice, a little bit more, a little edge in her voice, a little bit of tragedy in her voice, and, and definitely a, a, a an interesting voice. And so when she did it, and, you know, when I listened to her voice and matched it with the picture, it just fit perfectly. And so when it was done, you know, I, I listened back to the original actress again, and it just seemed so odd to hear the original actress's voice Mm -hmm. coming out of that person compared to the person whom I cast. And the visual matched the voice better, which was kind of interesting. And so then, of course, Netflix said, oh my gosh, that voice you chose for that girl, she was amazing and she fit perfectly. And that kind of is associated with a comment that, you know, of course, a number of actors have said, yeah, I've auditioned for you a number of times. Why haven't you cast me on something? And I, and I, I simply say to them, you did a great job. You just didn't sound like the voice coming out of that mouth, out of that face. Sure, yeah. And that's it. You know, when I line up a bunch of auditions to the face, I choose the one, and let's say the performance is being equal, of course, I choose the one that sounds more like the performance should be coming out of that physicality, out of that voice. And hopefully it's not too far away from the original actor or actress, because again, I'm not trying to improve anything. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I'm just trying to do the best I can to bring reality to that performance. Um, you know, based on the original. So again, I'm trying to respect the original as best as I possibly can.
1: Yeah, that's great. It makes a lot of sense too. Mm-hmm. And along those lines, I'm kind of going to bring this into audio branding again, mm-hmm. um, more into the advertising and marketing end of things, because I think uh, a lot of companies don't they pay a lot of attention to the visuals. You know, that what their logo looks like, what their um, Colors are, you know, this kind of thing, but they they pay a lot less attention to the sound that they want to equate with that.
0: Exactly, I, guess. I agree. And
1: yeah, and it has to do a lot with, I think, what they want people to feel. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you I guess you have to be more intentional with that. And I would suppose that in in your end of this, that you would have to uh, either educate or at least carry on with what they were thinking. As far as that's concerned, yeah.
0: well, I, I think that yeah, what you're saying, we could probably talk for three or four hours on. I think that <laughs> you're probably right. Yeah, in general, in our industry, whether it's film, TV, advertising, I think not everyone, but I do think there is a a problem with a disconnect in terms of not realizing the power of audio. Number one, mm-hmm. and also the power of the human voice. Yeah, and. You know, how many times have you watched a film and the sound has been awful? And so it ruins, I think it ruins the experience for you. It totally does. Or at least yeah. it robs you of a full experience. You may enjoy the film anyway, but yet it could have been much better had they paid more attention to sound. Mm-hmm. Also, I will say that actors sometimes don't realize how powerful human voice is in terms of a performance and they're focusing so much on how they look and Mm -hmm. do i have the right haircut do i have the right outfit do i have the right makeup and all this and yet they get in there and they blow the audition because vocally they don't they haven't connected emotionally with the role yeah and and so you know and i mean listen ADR stages are always busy because of how many times an actor's delivered a line with the wrong inflection, the wrong intention. And yes, they memorized the line and yes, they acted the scene and yes, they looked it. But when they delivered the line, it it the the delivery of that line blew the entire scene. Mm. And so they have to go in if they have the money and post. Sometimes they don't, but if they have the money and the director is astute to that that miss, they'll bring the actor back in and they'll say, We need to redo this line. You need to say it in such a way that it infers XYZ. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and you missed it. You missed the right inflection on that line. Yeah. So anyway, so I do think that it is, it's so important, uh, in terms of, of, uh, sound and audio. And I just think in our business in general, sound and audio has generally, uh, been sort of uh, put on the back burner and visually in our industry, the visual has always been the, the, Thing that people stress more i think for ad agencies they're focusing so much on you know the tv shoot and uh, mm-hmm. and and how can how can we make this pretty how can we make this compelling and, and granted the writing is usually hopefully really good and interesting i mean look at all the super bowl spots and and how powerful those are um but i think that uh you know in general uh when they talk about let's say for example radio radio's always gotten usually uh sort of a a, a sort of sideline sort of attitude unless they have a specific radio specialist at the ad agency that cares so much about radio good radio compelling radio well written radio uh, that they make these campaigns really work for the most part they sometimes even pull TV spots and just run them as a radio spot which is yeah. terrible they're not designed yeah. that way but that's yeah. because the ad agencies are trying to save money and they don't have a specific person in charge of it so they, they say well the buy we have TV and radio uh, let's just strip the the video off and run the audio as radio and call it a day it's not good not good at all. Yeah, it's not
1: the same thing because radio is very much theater of the mind. You need to give someone cues, right? (laughs) You you have the visual cues when Mm -hmm. you're looking at it, but you don't have that on the radio, which means you really have to write a completely different spot.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I think that it's, I think even now more so than ever before because of now all this Netflix work I've been doing, it's forced me in a wonderful way to become more engaged with emotions in terms of how to give or to get an emotional performance from an actor mm-hmm. and and how important that is in terms of creating a sort of fully realized performance and and that has really influenced me even more so now with my directing and commercials and with animation and and various other things that I've been directing promos as well Though promos is kind of a different area because it's just a lot more just announcery based but but I will say this: How are I,
1: promos doing right now? Actually, I'm I'm kind of curious about that too.
0: <laughs> they're uh, from uh, from what I know, they're still working. I spoke to a big, probably the biggest uh, promo agency agent yesterday, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact, and she said she's been busy with uh, having her talent working on on all the various networks. I mean, they're still promoting shows and all that. So, and you know, okay. all the promo actors have always been for the last what ten years have been recording from home. So yeah. this this sort of experience that we're, we're in right now with this virus and the isolation has not affect the promo world at all in terms of that. Now, uh, And they're still um, promoting programming. In fact, there's probably a lot more promos, I would imagine, going on because a lot more people are watching television. And they're trying to drive uh, viewer traffic to certain shows and programming. So I imagine the promo actors are probably busier than ever. I know the trailers are down Mm because no one's in the movie theaters now. So the trailer actors are not working um, right now as much, if not at all. Uh, But promos, I think, are healthy right now.
1: Yeah, that's good.
0: I would imagine. I mean, I'm not. I'm not on a specific campaign right now myself. So,
1: well, my only thought on that would be that there's no new shows, mm-hmm. or at least they're not. They might start. I guess some stuff has already been produced and is ready to to air whenever it was supposed to air. But right, um, you know, there may not be nothing. There might may, may not be anything new for a while. Is all I'm saying. Well.
0: What's interesting about that is that and I understand what you're saying because certainly during the fall seasons and and, and in the wintertime when their new show is being released, uh, they certainly start airing a lot of promos. But when you really think about it, sometimes they need to promote more and be more aggressive when there's nothing new on to promote because they need to continue to drive traffic to re-energize the audience that may have already watched or are used to that programming. So they need to reignite that viewer traffic by creating even more compelling uh promos for that same programming
1: really interesting so
0: to a certain degree Mm -hmm. it might even make it more aggressive right now for actors in the promo area to be doing promos because they need you
1: okay you know that makes a lot of sense yeah
0: (laughs) yeah yeah it's all about just driving uh viewing traffic to these shows yeah you know Whatever they can do to do it, they will. I guess you know? so, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So you were mentioning what you're working on now is the dubbing. Are you doing anything else?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm right now, I'm, I'm today, yesterday, today, tomorrow, I'm casting for a, a PSA project mm-hmm. uh, for an ad agency that I work with out here that's going to record in two weeks, and I am going to be going to a recording studio, but it will just be me and the engineer Mm -hmm. because, and we, and I love this engineer I work with, I love dearly and I trust him and I'm sure the environment will be very clean Mm -hmm. and we'll both be social distancing and I'll be wearing a mask and gloves as he will probably be too doing that as well. And and so, but the ad agency and the client, everyone else is going to be uh, called, phoned in on a conference call and the talent, if they have home studios, We'll dial them in as well. If they don't, then they will have to come in, but we'll create an environment, we'll clean in between and do all that sterilization that we need to do. Mm -hmm. It's just that unfortunately, we, you know, business goes on and we have to continue working as best as we possibly can. And so, uh and this is a, a psa for the california department of health services so anyway so i'm gonna be doing that <laughs> and yes exactly and uh and i've got a couple of projects around that so i've got some ad projects and then uh again i've got this dubbing project sort of on the back burner but as soon as uh we are up and running i'll be jumping into that again And so, yeah, so I've actually, as I said early in the conversation, I'm very fortunate that I've had work to do and I've been working on some talent demos. That's a side business that I have and coaching's down because I believe actors are probably being a little bit more cautious about spending money as I can imagine right now. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, any sort of money that they're they would be ordinarily devoting towards coaching, I think is probably being held in accounts until after this is all done. Mm -hmm. So, um, Yeah. So I, yeah, again, that's, that's what I'm working on right now.
1: Fantastic. Yeah. I'm glad you're keeping busy. That is, that is really good, especially now. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
0: absolutely. I listen, I get up very thankful every morning Yeah. and, and happy to have work to, things to do, things to work on. And, and, you know, when I'm not, you know, if I work a portion of my day on these projects, then the rest of the day I have of course, jobs around my apartment to do. And and then I'll, of course, spend some time connecting with friends and family, mm-hmm. checking in with people and actors, of course, on social media. I spend quite a bit of time every day on social media just to make sure I'm kind of keeping in touch with my various friends and actors and and make sure they're OK. So, you know, the day just slips by pretty quickly, actually. It's mm-hmm. not like I'm sitting here twiddling my thumbs or watching a lot of television. <laughs> I'm trying to avoid watching the news too much oh, because yeah. it's a little depressing. And, I hear
1: you on that and, one,
0: yeah. <laughs> you know. It's just, there's too much, if you get too much in it, then it's just, it can drive you crazy. Yeah, totally, yeah. Yeah.
1: So how can people get in touch with you? What would you uh, prefer they use?
0: Probably the best way is to email me. Mm -hmm. And and I always tell, when I speak at workshops and actors ask where they can send reels and that sort of Mm -hmm. thing, and I always say, here's my email address. If you don't hear back from me, do not be offended. Sometimes my inbox, depending on the time of day, depending on what's going on in my my world, my inbox can get filled in, filled up pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you don't hear back from me, feel free to ping me again and please don't take it personally. And I do try to empty my inbox as best as I possibly can. But uh, to be honest with you, I'm not great at it because it's so distracting. It's, I wish I had a better filter to filter out all the advertising <laughs> yeah. because I'll, I'll go through and it's like this product, this product. And then all of a sudden they'll be in the middle of all that. An actor will have sent me something, but I miss it because yeah. I'm deleting. Leading a lot of stuff, sure. and so you know, I just and and again, like I tell actors all the time, when I get up in the morning and I go into LA studios and I'll get my coffee and say my hellos to the various staff there, and I'll go to my desk and I open my inbox, and the first thing I do is I scan it for the last twenty four hours for all work related, professional recording projects I'm working on, mm-hmm. client stuff, and and so sometimes when I do that. I'll get an email and it's like I have to put out a fire right away. Oh, It'll yeah. be we need this. We just got feedback. We need this right away. So I'm doing that. So sometimes that'll take like three or four hours sometimes. And then by the time I get back to my inbox to go back through, I've already got another layer of emails yeah. that have come in, and and that just builds and builds and builds. And so you know I just do the best I can. And <laughs> and I sometimes actors will email me and go Do you hate me? I haven't heard back from you. And <laughs> or they'll be try to be and they'll love. I love it when they try to be tactful. they like. Hi, you know, I know you're busy. Yeah, yeah. I know I sent you an email last week and I'm like, I am so sorry. And I always I'll fall on that sword. I'll say it's my fault. Sure. And thank you. Thank you so much for following up. And so I tell all the actors every time I say, Please don't be offended and do just be on me. Just be on me. So people can email me at my email address and that's Jeff at Jeff
1: So your website is Mm JeffHowellVO.com. Okay. Yes. And then the email
0: is just Jeff at. Okay. And you can also go on my website and there's, I have a Squarespace uh, sort of email connection. Mm -hmm. So if you go to my, if you want to go to my website, there's an email area as well, but you can email me directly at the web, at just my email address.
1: And is there particular social media that you like to use or you don't really...
0: Facebook is my go-to, and I will say this. The reason why is because it was the first one that I got on. (laughs) Okay, that makes sense. And and then after that, I am on Instagram, but I'm embarrassed to say that I very rarely ever post anything on Instagram, but I do love going and looking at other people's Instagram. And I do that on Facebook as well. I'm not much of a poster. Mm -hmm. I'll post things professionally. I decided I personally use Facebook for more professional reasons in terms of posting. Now, I love reading people's uh, posts. I'll Mm -hmm. like certain things. I'll respond to some someone else's post, I'll instant message people. And I love what that provides for me in terms of just knowing what's going on around our business. But in terms of my own posting, I don't, Post restaurants anymore. I don't post (laughs) that stuff, personal stuff, as much. I'll post when I go to the theater because I I like to tell people what I'm doing professionally, Mm -hmm. and certainly when I do projects or when a film that I've I've worked on comes out or a television show that I've cast and produced and directed has come out, I'll put that on there. And Mm -hmm. I and I I love celebrating the actors I've hired and putting their names in there too and linking them into it, you know, so they can get some publicity out of it as well. Wonderful.
1: Well, thanks so much for talking with me. I really appreciate you taking the time.
0: My pleasure. I really enjoy, you know, I could talk for hours about audio and actors and directing and producing because I just- Well, we may
1: do this again. Yeah,
0: absolutely. We could do a part two. I mean, I just, I love our business, you know, it's a great business. Well, this
1: will be a part two.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. So part three, part four, whatever. Yeah,
1: we'll figure it out.
0: (laughs) <laughs> yes, exactly. Maybe we could do one where me and uh, Mary Lynn, and maybe we could do like a panel or something. It could be an interesting That'd be awesome. Yeah,
1: yeah, we could have fun. fun.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, but okay, well, thank you so much.
1: Well, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, please take a moment to give the podcast a review. It's greatly appreciated and super helpful. Until next time.